Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path, episode 73. The one where nobody reacts. <laughs> no, the one where everyone <laughs> stares at me blankly. <laughs> the one where we've been doing this for like the last five hours and we're like, ugh. <laughs> when last we left our heroes. And yours was angry. We had learned uh, of a great burden we have now. Yes, you have learned of the greatest burden that has been placed upon you. You had spoke with Septi, had learned that the Mask of the Forgotten Pharaoh is an artifact containing, of course, as you already knew, a third of the soul of the long or the long dead Pharaoh, the Forgotten Pharaoh himself, Hakatep the First, eponymously known as the Sky Pharaoh. Upon her further divinations, she had determined that the only means by which to destroy the Mask of the Forgotten Pharaoh to remove this threat from Osirian is to reunite it with the pharaohs Ba and Ib. And to do that, you would need to find the Ba, which may very well be possessing uh, whomever this is that is claiming to be the forgotten pharaoh and head of their cult, and two, his Ib, which is his body, which could only be located inside of his tomb. Unless somebody's moved it or it's moved itself, which we're really hoping it hasn't. Uh, that's true. It could be wandering around anywhere. It yeah. could be in like a fancy museum or something in Tautor. Oh, my God. It does not belong in a museum. <laughs> that would be kind of fun, though. It'd be kind of a Black Rose Museum type of a On yours thing. would be so mad. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. It would be bad because we'd be like smashing up exhibits and stuff. It'd be awful. <laughs> no, they would, we would go to this specific one and get what we needed. We I'm would just be saying, smashing anything. We'd be like throwing magic around and like channel like smites and I don't know, other things. I don't know. Onurus does damage. I don't know. <laughs> so, after that, you had only one name or to go on. Chessisek. Chessisek. I keep wanting to say Chizix, but that's the... Dice uh, Company? That's Chessix. Chessix. <laughs> also, there's a yes. character in the first Adventure Path of Starfinder that has a very similar name. Oh, yeah. So, bo- both of these things are messing me up right now. But Chessisek, who... Through her divination, she had determined was a famed architect and designer during the age that Hakatep lived, and most likely is responsible for the construction of Hakatep's tomb. However, of course, his the location of Hakatep's tomb, much like everything pertaining towards the Forgotten Pharaoh, has been erased from existence. However, if you could find the tomb of Chisisek, you may be able to determine the location of the actual pyramid. I mean, I guess worst case, we go speak with dead and be like, so this guy named Hakatep... Where's his tomb? Yeah. All of that kind of boils in together to that you need to leave Wati and make your way to the city of Tefu to gain access to its uh, archives and information to hopefully locate something that will help you to track down the forgotten pharaoh. Pretty much everything is working against us in order to get that done. Yep. So as we begin, you had all departed from the Grand Mausoleum. Made your way, made your preparations and such. On your shoot, made your preparations for that, for our boat to take you across the river the following day. I imagine Senna a missive to Sudi, who's still staying at the temple, and Citra, who's shacked up with Falto. Don't uh, say it like that. Say well, that that's sounded, what you're doing. Sounded surprisingly casual, but it's accurate. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Citra, who is staying with her boyfriend. Paramore. Staying with Falto. Yeah, she's still uh, only known him for a couple weeks. Jeez, guys. That's the upper. It's over a month now. It's like a month and a half. Still, that's not very long. <laughs> yeah. So, Young yes. Send a missive to Sudi, who's staying at the temple, and uh, Citra and Falto, who are sharing it in, informing them that you'll be... I would have told them the date and the time. It so. would be the next day. Yeah. It would be an hour past dawn. Uh-huh. Oh, did cool. Alharis not stay at the temple? Or the place? The He's in his go? own room now. He's not staying with <clears throat> the lovebirds. Ah. Yep. 
Oh, it's a side note. Um, Sue, do you have extraordinarily Spartan living arrangements? Uh, Citra, you'll need to mark off seven gold and five silver pieces to cover your half of the room because Falto didn't get a mad cash that you did. <laughs> Poor guy. Should have been adventuring and saving the city. Oh, wait. <laughs> we didn't invite him. Sadly, the walls don't pay. Well, they paid a little bit, but... The gentleman yeah, Citra, that he is. Citra is a, is a modern woman. She pays yeah. for her own half of the room. That's true. And on yours, it was uh, seven gold, five silver for just a common room. Okay. Having to pay for in-rooms, food. Downtime. Downtime stuff. The following morning, the sun rises. All of you set off. Make your way down towards the, the docks. Past the Sunburst Market, past the shrine to the goddess Wajet down to the docks where you'd originally departed to make your way to Ubet's Folly. On yours, you, you are the first to arrive. I've uh, got to get up at dawn to pr- before dawn to pray anyway. No, that's right. So, you have to get up, pray, get down there. You arrive at the, the steps of the Temple of Wajit. Sudi arrives just a few minutes later, having a much shorter distance to walk from. You're basically just walking past the golden pool where the sacred albino crocodiles are lounging now, much more relaxed than they were during the whole call pulse thing. Nice. And if we the, didn't uh, we didn't mention it, I actually am now wearing on your what what on yours was wearing his paraffin of wisdom. Yeah. His headband. Sudi bought it off me. Yeah, I'm now wearing the uh, cool yeah, I guess I guess for a listener, well we'll get to that in a second, but so if you're wearing the the rockin' headband, you've you've got yourself already, you're back in your your actually white robes again, because uh, you other ones were torn to shreds and tatters, but yeah, the temple is provided. I mean, they could have fixed them, but like eh. Yeah, they're covered in various horrible, horrible disease things, which you can't contract, but could potentially spread. Yeah, it's better to just burn them and move on. You make your way past the Grand Temple of Abadar and find Onurus waiting at the Temple of Wajet as a a number of the local merchants are beginning to roll out large rugs and uh, deposit upon those, you know, their dates, their cabbages, the carrots and such that they grow. Basically, the farmer's market setting up here again as the first couple of boats start making their way up the river from the uh, the further cities of On and Tefu to collect the uh, the various fruits of the labors of the farmers in the surrounding region. Morning. Good morning. All right, so we're going to Tefu. How long is that going to take? Should just be a few hours. Well, hope it goes better than our last time. Last time we ended up in the, in the river. This is a much larger boat. That That's actually anything. not. Oh. You, don't, you don't need a large uh. boat. You're, you're chartering a small travel boat. I'm assuming it's still bigger than the little boat we took that was like a one per... Like, I would assume it's a bigger boat. Well, that held a cat. It's whatever is going to be available. So, That animal shouldn't be so worked up anymore. I mean, that's true. Well, here's the hoping. Because actually, Sudi has a half-decent swim. Sudi doesn't want to swim. Also, our luck has just been that bad, but like we're going to get accosted by something. Just a few minutes later, Citra arrives accompanied by Falto. Morning. Good morning. Morning, Sudi. On yours? Morning. You're looking particularly gold this morning. On yours still doesn't know how to even deal with Falto half the time. Sudi just uh, like puts his hand up like he's going to cough, but like to hide a snicker, just like... Pff. I don't know what that means. Is that, is that not a compliment? Sudi uh, shrugs like, I don't know. <laughs> You're coming. Yeah. <clears throat> when my father was doing his preparations to make his way out into the uh, parched dunes, he spent some time in Wati before traveling to Tefu, as well as I can determine from his financial records in the, the Temple of Abadar. Actually, those, uh, those Abadarians are some pretty great folk. They were really On generous with their snorts. time in helping me. <laughs> they kept kind of coming by, making sure I was all right. I mean, they only charged like five coppers for a glass of water they'd bring me whenever I was working on stuff. It was pretty great. 
I mean, they can create it at will, but uh, it was still nice of them. Anyaris lets out a long sigh and glances out over the river. <laughs> so anyway, from what I understand, they've got a whole bunch of... Citra, uh, uh, what's the word? You don't call it paper here. Papyrus. Papyrus. They have a whole bunch of papyrus rolls over there that they keep like they keep track of all the comings and goings and expeditions and such. And uh, from what I understand, when my father came through, he hired a caravan and set out with a crew of close to fifty people. So if uh, fifty people disappear in the desert, someone's got to notice. Hmm. Okay. Well, I have no objections. Obviously, I don't. I brought them. <laughs> so it's all aboard. I'm actually quite a deft hand on the on the open water, so. Oh yeah, swashbuckler. So if there are any of those uh, what, river horses or whatever you have. Hippo. Hippo. Hippos. Huh? Yeah. On is over there looking salty and glum. <laughs> Do you ride them? Are they like kelpies? No. No. Okay. Usually well, you want to stay. You don't ride those either. You stay <laughs> as far away from hippos as you can. Oh, they're extremely dangerous. Oh, okay. Danger is uh, not remotely in my name, but I'm adept at danger. Sure. Besides, if there are any like river mummies or something like that, I've, I'm ready. Well, Hopefully we're just waiting. Yeah, we're just waiting for Tetmanib. He asked that we let Tetmanib. him know. When, yeah, he asked me to let him know when we were leaving. Well, no, he said he would just know when we well, were leaving. Well, okay, so Question's probably been following me around for a long time, but that's beside the point. He's going to be here. She knows she could have said hello. I know. It's a question. Uh, it's long, a long story. story. We'll explain it in the boat. Oh, okay. All of you make yourself stand there for a couple seconds, look around. I imagine if, as Tetmanib doesn't immediately show up, probably make your way down to the docks to at the very least upload your, your stuff onto the uh, the boat. You pass by a, uh, a fine-looking river craft. Pass by a second, not as quite as fine-looking river craft. Both of those fully stocked. To find the, uh, the dock master down at the end who points you down towards the end of the docks. You make your way all the way down there. To find a familiar-looking riverman... <laughs> prepping his boat for a trip back across to Wati. Nice! Or from Wati to Tefu. Nice! He doesn't even notice your approach, as he appears to be in the process of very awkwardly delivering a love poem to a rather attractive-looking Wati noblewoman. <laughs> nice! He just kind of sits there and uh, infers her brow at the whole exchange. Amenetris stands there at ah! the end of the dock, the woman who you can only assume to be Basra Akinti. Politely listening as uh, he goes on about how you know his love races across the battlefield like a horse. It's <laughs> <and laughs> very awkward comparing her to various animals thing that was part of. I think you guys fixed some of that. We in did the poem. fix some of that. <laughs> we're just we're just sitting there and we're like, I remember that line. Oh, okay. I wouldn't it that way. Like we're all just like kind of subtly critiquing him. So I will on air. I I believe you guys successfully helped him adjust that. I'll give him a plus four circumstance bonus to the diplomacy check that I'm going to roll for him. Oh no! Oh no! Please do good! He's got a plus two modifier, so... Oh, oh, that's not bad. She, at the very least, laughs as he, uh, politely as he finishes the poem. Thanks him uh, as she takes it from him. And there's there's a legitimate warmth to her smile as he just kind of offers her a hand to help her down into the boat. You actually have to tap him on the shoulder for him to even acknowledge that you're there. The man turns back, his boat bobbing, obviously in a been repaired since its previous hippo encounter. Oh, my friends. Nice to see you again. I was not told to travel back to Pets Folly. Are you going further afield? We're making our way to Tefu. Ah, well then, our fortunes align. I travel also back to Tefu, carrying the most 
wondrous collection of people in this case. Uh, may I introduce you to Lady Basra Akinti? Have we actually met her? I don't remember if we've met no. her before. I don't think no. uh, the, the woman is, she's a short, somewhat plump, kindly looking woman. She's kind of obviously a noble. She has the delicate hands of someone that doesn't probably work with her hands a great deal. You are Azizi. <coughs> yes. Onurus just sighs and oh. starts to climb into the boat. It wasn't immediately like, no, my name is Onurus. It's call a pleasure me. to meet you, noble son of the, uh, the house, my friend. I hope that uh, animosity between our parents does not color this journey. Of course not. You may call me Onurus, however. <laughs> oh, I see. She just kind of gets a, a little bit of a mischievous smile leaning over. Traveling incognito, I see. Onurus just nods. That's oh, just let's just leave no. it at that and get in the boat. This is not going to be Onurus' day. I just I'm seeing I'm seeing some grumpy faces. And your servants? Uh, my friends. <laughs> ah, this is Sudi, Citra, and Falto. Don't mind Falto. <laughs> <laughs> Falto bows dramatically, kissing the back of her hand. It is a pleasure to make your quins. The poetry that I just heard was lovely and only compares so far to your obvious beauty and grace. Citra just grins because she always <laughs> finds it funny. She just kind of awkwardly takes her hand back afterwards. I like, know, and on yours just kind of nods at her like, see what I mean? Yeah, it's weird, but he doesn't say uh, anything. It is a pleasure to meet you, obviously a traveler from afar. Uh, and she glances up towards Sudi. You are a member of the temple, I've heard stories you're the champion responsible for ending the pulses and the raising of the dead actually all three of us were he kind of points to onuris and uh Citra. Oh. oh i didn't do it by myself by any means well that's thank you all for your assistance i'd i'd only heard of the noble voice of the spire who marched <laughs> into the the uh. dead city and and dealt with the undead uprising much gets lost in the storytelling, apparently. We'll have to talk to the bards about that. Phrasma be praised. You don't see any symbol of Phrasma on her, but... Sudi is super <laughs> awkward right now. Where's on hurt? Is he just, like, on top like I'm he assuming he's just time? on your shoulder, although he'd yeah. flutter up on top as you make your way down. He's in the crow's nest for this <laughs> boat was big enough to have one. As Almanus just prepares, basically, you drop off all of your bags and he finds a place to store them on the, the boat and gets ready since, I mean, with Sudi, it's mostly just a ton of rope. The uh, <laughs> the rest of you all prepare your gear. You hear a familiar soft laugh coming from the uh, direction of the dock and rounding around the, the edge of the nearest boat, which is large enough to obscure the rest of the dock. You see the familiar figure of uh, Tetmanib resplendent in his robes of phrasma, accompanied by a strange looking woman. Just why don't, why don't you give me a little description? Okay. Uh, he's accompanied by an elven woman who stands a couple of inches over six feet tall. She's exceptionally lanky, even for an elf, slender and flat. Her hair is white blonde and falls halfway down her back. She has fair skin, but it has a kind of grayish undertone. Uh, you can't see her eyes, but were you able to, they would be a cloudy gray. Her features and style of dress don't particularly denote whether she's male or female. A white shirt with a few buttons undone at the top, a black vest, black trousers, sturdy leather boots, and a long leather duster. Uh, around her neck is a carved pearl Nethys holy symbol that hangs from a leather thong. And atop her head is a dusty black cowboy hat with a white feather tucked into it. Uh, she has a wide leather belt slung around her hips with a bone-handled revolver on one side and a scimitar on the other. 
and slung over her shoulder is a satchel. Uh, Jessica, thank you coming back from your animal rescue to hey. uh, rejoin the podcast. We greatly appreciate that. It helps that it went bankrupt. Yes, you're doing yes, hey. business was slow. Slow. So yes, a very curious and blatantly foreign looking figure. Yep. Appears <laughs> alongside Tetmaniv. Sudi so like sidles up next to like Citra. What is that? Your guess is as good as mine. I've never seen something like that in my life. So Tetmaniv makes his way up accompanied by the strange woman. As you know, Sudi and Citra kind of whisper to each other. Onyaris' face has gone completely blank. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Good morning, Tetmanib. You're right on time. Good morning, friends. And I would like to think that I'm always where I'm needed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hmm. Oh? Huh? No, that shouldn't be a problem. What would be a problem? Yeah, oh, we're, it's we're nothing to concern to yourself company. about. I wanted a chance to speak with you before you departed. I've, uh brought along a <laughs> uh, perhaps could call her friend. She tips her hat toward you all. Hollis. Falto glances up from where he's sitting inside of the boat. Wait. Falto? On, on your Falto, yeah. size. What are you? I know her. <laughs> what? Well, uh, I did not reckon I'd see you out here. Uh, oh, sorry guys. This is Hollis. She, she has a last name, but I can't remember it. Starkweather. Starkweather. She was one of the adventurers. Uh, I, I don't know if she came. I don't think she came for the lottery, but she was up here. Yeah, she fought alongside. She was there when I broke my arm. Uh, she fought alongside me up on the wall. Yeah, a, a handy feather fall kept it from being worse than an arm break. Uh, what's that? Points at the revolver <laughs> like. Oh, uh, this here is a firearm. They are quite popular among the uh, populace in Alkenstar in the Mana Waste. Have you ever been? I don't understand the single <laughs> word you just said. <laughs> I switch into Osiriani. It's, it's a firearm. <laughs> it's like a stick that shoots a metal little piece and hurts people. It's uh, it's similar to a sling, but it does more damage from what I've been able to uh, to tell. It's really popular amongst the uh, the people of Andron. <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah, they're... No, they weren't here. Sudi so just looks like, what the... W- I pull it out and I, like, do a fancy, like, swirl and hand it to you. With oh, the, you do, like, the... Free- the yeah, like a... <laughs> You're welcome to see it. It hasn't worked in years. Tetmanib. Sudi, like, takes the gun. Yes, just like, friends. What is happening? This is Hollis. Click. I'd gathered that much. <laughs> I heard you all were going to Tefu, and I have some business there as well. And I think our good friend, our mutual acquaintance, as it were, thought perhaps we could help one another. Hollis and I had the opportunity to... Uh, I take my gun back. ...to work together a bit to safeguard the city while all of you were involved in your... <laughs> I understand, not just the four of them, no. But while you were involved in in the necropolis, <laughs> no, that's a secret. She, however, has a great deal of experience with the Church of Nethus, as well as some experience in Tefu, although, of course, I don't believe she resided there as long as either yourself on Eurus or Citra. <laughs> however, she's experienced with the Church in Sothus, and has some some interesting acquaintances. <laughs> However, her background as being from beyond the borders of uh, Osirian can somewhat ensure that she is not involved in the uh, Church of Nethus in Tefu. An outsider, if you will. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been tangled with that Church of Nethus for quite a while, but the Tefu version, the Tefu branch, if you will, is a little secretive for my taste. Up in Sothis, we're really just about gathering knowledge. Down here, it's about keeping it, like hoarding it a little bit. 
We but maybe we can, we can help each other out a little bit. Okay. I don't Why is your hat so weird? Why are you got a stone on your forehead? Oh, this, this is my special stone. <laughs> Why are you wearing a snake on your head? <laughs> I think she's uh, pointing out that different cultures have different things. Also, it's hot. You got to put a hat on to keep the sun from your face. This is just very simple common knowledge, I thought. Also, just kind of stands up, offers a hand for Hollis to step down into the boat. I take it. Get in the boat. So, uh, everyone, this is Hollis. Hollis, this is Sudi Kontar, a monk and warrior for Asma. Oh, oh the voice. The the, the, his head. One of the doorkeepers, yes. Oh, yeah, of course these are the doorkeepers. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> yes, I mentioned. This beauteous creature is Citra Nahamra. Pleasure. Uh, she is a painter of extraordinary skill. Oh. And master of unlocking things. That could come quite in handy. She is a trained delver and explorer. Oh, excellent. Uh, and this is on yours. Not a construct. <laughs> uh, can I make a check to know that on yours is an asimov? You can make it also the planes if you so wish. Do I have that? I should have that. On looks like he's about to just jump off this boat. <laughs> I have. I get a 20. On yours contemplates his life choices that have led him yeah, he, on this farce. He appears to be some sort of asimov. He, he's an asimov. He's not a construct, honey. He bleeds when you cut him. Am I the only one that read about Shopties? Is that a real thing? Well, Shopties are real, but he just happens not to be one of them. Oh, okay. Well, all right. That's all the introduction I get. Oh, yeah. He uh, does healing. I like his bird. Cleric of Horus. Thank you, Sudi. Oh, that's how. Oh, Horus. That's one of them old Sudi, like, puts yeah, out nice. a fist for a fist bump. What <laughs> yours is like, what the heck? No? Before he lets out a small sigh. Yeah. <laughs> we fist bump. No, no spiral fist bump for on yours. I see. Uh, no, just a regular fist bump. <laughs> I think maybe we should set sail. Before you depart. <laughs> oh, no, I'm getting there. I've had the opportunity to speak with Hollis for some time. Let us simply say that she knows more than you would initially expect pertaining towards your situation. And Hollis, they know more about your inevitable goals than <laughs> you might initially believe. Ah, cryptic as always. <laughs> I wish all of you the best of luck. And should matters change here, I will send to you. Okay. I pray for your success. Phrasma will be watching. Of course. So Thanks he makes for like the, the spiral of Phrasma. He makes the spiral back. This he does not fist bump. Tap and nib. Yeah, you hear him kind of making his way off. He's like, all right. I suppose then we can. <laughs> no, no, of course we can. Well, we can stop and get some fish. (laughs) (laughs) I do like that man. He is a strange fella, but very helpful and very kind. Yes, but I think still in small doses. Oh, I don't know. You meet all kinds. Takes all kinds. So yeah, Uh, Hollis, you settle in. Amenetris makes his way about, casting off the various lines, getting ready to uh, get all of you underway once he takes your bags and secures them. This takes longer than usual because he stops to chit-chat or comment with Basra periodically, who who seems to be warming to him. So you're going to guess that your another check through time from episode 49 helped him out. God, it's almost been 30 days. episodes since then? It's been a bit. You guys wow. were in the Necropolis for a long time. <laughs> wow, yeah, we were. Killing fools and taking names. Really only one name. But <laughs> Amenetris finishes casting off, and the boat sets off. Most of the fishermen are already set off before dawn. Uh, into the pre-dawn light, which makes it easier to catch the fish. And as such, the passageway as you make your way out from here is pretty smooth going. 
Hollis, I imagine, is uh, fairly comfortable. Prop your feet up and just kind of glance around and appreciate the the beautiful scenery around you with the ibis birds and the reeds along the banks. And yeah, the, once we're like out in the river, I do want to open my satchel. Uh, when I open my satchel, a small fluffy white chicken uh, hops out of it. Um, but <laughs> so Hollis, saddle positions. But Hollis is actually <laughs> digging around for the urn. She actually casts Mage Hand to like pick the urn up and then to like open it and then to like put the ashes in the river. Your compatriots uh, seem to be somewhat uh, on edge. You had already noticed as they are watching yes. the water desperately for something. Well, Onuris is very interested in what the heck she's doing with oh, this okay. urn. Uh, Sudi also interested in what's doing with the urn. And why is there a chicken in your thing? I murmur like quiet prayers to Nethys and then like have the ashes spread in the river using the mage hand because magic that feels appropriate for Nethys burials that are not burials. The chicken oh. starts clicking. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. I had to put her somewhere. I couldn't just leave her in my bag. What are you doing? Who? Oh, I'm so sorry. Who did you lose? Uh, well, I reckon you're going to find out somehow. Merhetef is oh. her name. Uh, Sudi looks real uncomfortable when you say that. <clears throat> Balter lays a hand on your shoulder. I'm very sorry for your loss. Thanks. We, uh, um, we all suffered a great deal during the fight, but I'm, I'm sure whatever horrible creatures were responsible uh, will get there. <laughs> They're come up and... S- well, I don't know if I'd say that. I don't uh, know if I'd say that, Falta. Well, Phrasma is usually fairly just, so I'm sure fate will uh, will lead you into their path that, so that you can get the righteous vengeance. <laughs> I think she might already have. Un- unfortunately, <clears throat> Merit Hetef had gone down a certain path from which she did not recover. But I feel like returning her to the, the river... That seems like a, a fair enough burial for an old acquaintance who was once a friend. So where did you meet her? She used to work with me up in Sothis. Uh, we worked in the temple, uh, gathering artifacts, leading field research expeditions, things things like that. Oh, like on yours. So you, you know That's what, what happened write. to her? Oh, I am aware that y'all uh, had to put an end to her on account of she was part of a dangerous cult. Oh, okay. Ooh, so oh. he like kind of like lets out a breath. That is that is fine. I was hoping to speak with her, but she exploded. So speak with dead was not going to work either. But how how did you get her ashes? Oh, Tetmanib gave them to me. Why did Tetmanib have her ashes? Tetmanib. Well, I've been in the city for a little. I snuck myself in a little bit after that quarantine. I talked myself into. I talked the voices into letting me join the watch on the guards. How I met our dear Falto here. Yeah. I mostly was just waiting on you guys to be done with what you were doing because I, I had a little lead that she was here. Yeah, I mean, she yeah. was up on the walls with uh, with me. Uh, Falto was there. Marin, Marin's you, cousin Taryn. Taryn's cousin Aaron. Uh, <laughs> you said yourself in that list. Oh, yeah, I was there too. <laughs> uh, but so was Tetmanib. Yeah, Tetmanib was yeah. round. Tetmanib was up on the walls with us. But how did Tetmanib know that you were looking for Meritatev? How does I, Tetmanib know anything? Yeah, I mean, Tetmanib oh, seems true. to know everything... But also, it wasn't a super secret. I mean, I've been looking for her. You have to ask around to find people. And why were you looking for her? Well, a while back, my other friend, Sarah Thet, went missing. From the temple, we, she was not supposed to be leaving on an expedition. She just went missing. Same time that Merit Hetef left the church. I figured something was connected there. Leaves were real dead for a while. And then I got a tip off that Merit Hetef was, was down in these parts doing things. And uh, that's what brings me down here. Do you think she hurt your other friend, or...? I don't know. 
It's hard to say. They all left Sothis. The temple in Sothis. Yeah. Sothis is where I'm from. I mean, I know they went through Tefu at some point, but that church is real secretive. Real, like, even to me, as a member of the church, that church is real secretive. Hmm. I mean, yeah, they always were like that when we were there. They never wanted us to look past the public area. Oh, of course not. I mean, Nephis is very secretive in, in any sort of way. They probably wouldn't have let you do it unless you were part of the church, but they don't even let members of the church do that half the time, if you're not from that specific church. More importantly, huh? is that dinner? He points at the, the bird. She what? slaps your hand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how dare you? You think the chicken is more important than this information we have just found out? I mean, it's a very weird thing. Because I don't think I believe that you're from Sothis. So why do you have a chicken? Because you also have an accent. On her, it kind of glances down. Accent. It's like, I wouldn't mind the chicken for dinner. You keep your mangy bird away from my bird. <laughs> no, don't say that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think the chicken is there. No, no. It informs me otherwise. What? Yes. You can talk to the chicken. More like the chicken can talk to me. I figure we're staying at yours right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how that works. It's the same thing that how she talks no, to I, her. No, Ziggy but, was but, doing the bird talking to the chicken. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. To each other. yeah the, bird, the bird and the chicken are Apparently, talking. Apparently, on her, it can speak with your yeah, chicken. That makes sense. I mean, she's she's my familiar. This is sugar. She's real sweet. <laughs> I get it. Uh. Wait, you named your bird? <laughs> I got it, too. Yeah. You named your chicken... After something you put in a pastry, but it's not food. I mean, yeah, I mean, sugar makes, lays eggs, so technically there's food to be had, but chicken, or sorry, but sugar herself is not dinner, because sugar is probably smarter than you are, friend. No offense meant. Just, she's very intelligent. She often remembers things I have forgotten. Yeah, for the fact, Sudi has never met a wizard in his life, so he has no (laughs) freaking clue what this is. Have you never had a pet before? No, no. Why would I? I grew up poor. I didn't have, like, grew money poor, for a pet. Well, I meant, like, <laughs> on the streets poor, not, like, you never, just like, destitute. You took care of, like, a stray cat or something? Is it? Never mind. <laughs> I really want to hear what on your side to say all of a sudden. I bet it was Sudi feeding himself taking care of a stray cat? <laughs> on yours is... Yeah. On, I mean, that's what the same joke on yours was going to make, but he was like, nope, not going to do it. I was going to say that might have been a little rude. Sudi's heard it all before. He's used to the bullying. No, I mean, I never had a pet or anything just because I was always more concerned with taking care of myself. It wasn't well, until I was incarcerated that I really, like, started thinking about the other people. Well, I will tell you that uh, sugar is not so much a, ch- uh, a pet as a familiar. A familiar is kind of like a constant companion, an aide. She, she gives me many boons. She also is 65 years old. She's quite an old chicken, a very wait, wise wait, chicken. Wait, 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 That chicken's older than, like... All of us put together? Yeah. Well, when I became a wizard, she kind of found... It was an accidental... She kind of found me, and then we worked together. We've been together for these last 65 years. I mean, an elf lives quite a while. How old are... Oh, I'm sorry. Is that rude to ask? I mean, it's kind of rude, but whatever. You're being honest. I appreciate honest curiosity. I am 165. Wow. Whoa. I'm actually a pretty young elf. So, like, you remember, like... Like, really far back, right? I remember <laughs> before Aridan died. I remember before Osirian was Osiriani run again. Like, back during uh, the Kadiran yeah, period, conquest wow. phase. Wow, that's crazy. I remember all the Kemets. I mean, I wasn't necessarily down here that whole time. I spent quite a while 
not no Syrian uh, university and whatnot, but... Uh, huh. But you said you're from Sothis, but you have an accent. You don't sound like you're Osiriani. I'm not born in Sothis. I just lived the last, like, couple decades in Sothis. Oh, okay. Well, where are you from originally, then? I'm from Nex, a city called Quantium. Sudi has no knowledge geography, and so that he just kind of nods and says, I have no idea where that is. It's a little further south from here. Huh. If you go south past where Ketapesh is and continue on past that, you'll reach Quantium. It's on the uh, eastern coast near the Isle of Jalmara. Mm-hmm. Huh. I like cartography. Mm. Huh. Good to know. I've never been out that side of Before the... just stares at Fulton. <laughs> uh, three cities, so... Oh, well, maybe you can come to Quantium sometime. That is a hoot. All sorts of people, all kinds of people. More than you'd ever imagine even existing. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm never less Wati, so this will be all new to me. So. I mean, is the nation in eternal war between a ghost king and a necromancer king? I mean, sort. I mean, a lot of our food is now grown in Geb on account of Geb has that undead thing to grow all them crops. But there's like a weird uneasiness ever since Nephilim. It's a whole thing. Wait, 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 wait. You're trying to tell me there's an entire country of undead? Yeah. There's several, from what I understand. Yeah, so what happens is, it's very fascinating the way it works. What happens is, she reaches over and like, touches Sudi on the shoulder. <laughs> what happens is, when you before you die, you can choose to donate your body to be of use to the city. And then they give you, I think they pay you or something. But then when you die, they turn you into an unintelligent undead, like a skeleton or a zombie. Probably a skeleton. And then that skeleton can work forever. Growing food for the living people. It's pretty nice. That Very efficient. such a complete and total abomination. I don't even know how to handle it. I agree. Well, maybe just don't go down there then. Oh, Phrasma cannot be found there, clearly. I don't think so. I, don't, I feel like oh. that's not a place for Phrasma. Very glad that you didn't say that in front of Shepas. We'd be having an inquisition. Uh, I mean, I don't think that'd be a very wise idea. That's a big, that's a big country with a lot of spellcasters. <sighs> and a lot of undead. But they're not all bad. Uh, the more you know, I guess. Oh, Cyrus. Oh, Cyrus. Indeed. <laughs> I reach into my pocket and I feed sugar some... Corn. Corn. Yeah, seeds. Corn. I don't know what chickens eat. Can, can she speak? Not to you all. Oh. Yeah. It's like his bird, too. They don't have the, the vocal... <laughs> they don't have lips. Uh, and I don't think we, we actually said that your chicken's a silky chicken, right? Like, yeah, she's fluffy. So she's uh, if you guys don't know what a silky chicken is, it's a it kind of looks like a normal chicken, but they're a lot fluffier. Like it almost looks like it's uh, like they have fur instead of feathers. it's almost like a, a fur, and they have these like little afro looking yeah, things. Yeah, they're they're, they're super cute, but they're not native to Egyptian like the Egypt area. So like it's clearly like a, a weird, weird chicken, chicken from a weird place a weird where undead are apparently. Yeah, so weird like, woman, yeah, weird chicken from, from weird basically place. everything that Sudi's hearing right now is just like exploding his brain. <laughs> he never realized the world was so large, you know. Sutra, I think, is just staring at the chicken right now. She's like, "Can I pet it?" Sure. So she goes over there and she starts like petting the chicken. Does the chicken understand us and what we're saying? Yeah, she can understand just fine. She just can't speak on account of you know a beak. Huh. This has been a weird day. Citra is just contentedly petting this chicken. <laughs> Fair enough. I think Hollis is going to read. Sudi has things to think about now. Like, his world's just been expanded. He, to do so. he goes to do some meditating, because, like, this is a lot of new information about the world. I lean over and to And the evils of, uh, within it. <laughs> Hollis leans over to Onuris and says, Is the catapult going to be okay? He'll be fine. He's very sheltered. All right. <laughs> He's sheltered in a weird way of you've only lived in this one small city 
or small town really and worked with a gang in a church those are the that you know <laughs> yeah, what I like, mean but like if you think if you look about it like Sudi's knowledge is like he has no knowledge of the arcane he has no knowledge of dungeoneering <laughs> he has no knowledge of geography nature nobility uh, or the plane so like he's actually like not smart in that way so yeah I do kind of play him off a little like sheltered because like <laughs> yeah. he's probably never met a wizard in his life because he's never been able to afford magical gear not a wizard we fought the well we fought a wizard hand. like I'm just saying like but that was a wizard that didn't have a uh, pet Sudi didn't really ask questions because he was too busy trying not to die so. maybe her hat was her bonded item who, Valeriana? Probably. That's probably why she yeah. wanted it. Dude, Vel, wait, wait, wait. You mean to tell me we're like 70, almost 70 episodes in, and <laughs> Vel, we just figured out Valeriana's hat is her bonded item? Maybe. She never came back, so I'm hoping that meant that the pulse uh, got rid of her. Oh, sure, sure it did. But how did we never ask this question oh, of we, what her bonded thing we was? We did, just outside of game. Like, I don't we remember. were at dinner one night and we talked about Oh, really? It. Yeah. yeah. Really? I don't remember. I don't we remember totally that at did. all. Wow. We, made it, we thought it was a joke, though. We didn't think it was actually possible. It's huh. probably. It, well, I mean, it's possible. Oh. It be whatever you want it to be. I don't know. Wow, my like now my mind is being blown. I'm like, how did we not ask that? <laughs> no. Because we also didn't ask what Nefer Neptikufri's was. Well, but he was, was a sorcerer. He was oh, no, right. no, he was a wizard. We got a we yeah, he was Oh, he had a spell book. Oh, yeah, oh, right. Yeah, we didn't ask what. Oh, spell right, book because was. she wanted him to be a sorcerer, but he mm -hmm. wasn't. He went and just yeah. learned yeah. the magic instead. Yeah. Technically, right. she wanted him to be an oracle. Yeah, but, but you can't really choose. You can't, to I was going to say oracle. you can't just like concentrate really hard and become an oracle. It's true. It's something you're cursed with. Well, Hollis is going to kick back and settle in for the boat ride. Yeah. Sudi goes to meditate for a couple hours and, like, contemplate how ignorant he is. <laughs> Citra is petting the new chicken. <laughs> They're fluffy. She's never seen one before. This is amazing. I know, right? They're fluffy. Alto's collected a couple of rocks and is practicing, you know, skipping them off the river as you guys make your way along. Yep. He hits a hippo. We all drown. Yep. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Begin the hippo fight. Part two. I fly. <laughs> I so does on yours. I don't have fly prepared. <laughs> Onuris does. Does your chicken fly? She can do something called drift. She has to... She's a cuckoo. She has to end her move action of flying on the ground. Oh, okay. <laughs> so so she can exactly fly like a little cuckoo. bit, but she has she's to drift. She's a cuckoo. Yeah. yeah. The, the boat ride is peaceful. The sun hangs high overhead, and by the time that you begin to make your approach towards Tefu, it's approaching noon. You can see the city from some distance. You can almost see the city from when you're leaving Wati. But navigating your way further and further south, as you get closer towards it, you can start to make it out in greater detail. For everyone but Sudi, even Falto passed through Tefu on his way to Wati. This is a return back to a place you've been previously. For Sudi, at one point you look behind you, and you don't see Wati. And you have never been out of sight of the Grand Mausoleum, where you could just climb on top of a building or something and see the Temple of Phrasma in your 17 years of life. I'm Samwise Gamgee. I just realized that. Like, yep. <laughs> if I go any, another step, I'll be the furthest I've ever been from home. Yep. For Sudi especially, the city ahead is large. The city of Wati boasts a population of just a little over uh, 7,000 people. Tefu is three times that size. A sprawling city with no large necropolis, no city walls. Nothing to, to break up the monotony of just buildings and buildings. As you begin to approach closer, the reed fields along the edge of the river become thicker and thicker, to the point where the floodplains are extended out so far that the reeds that grow along the banks of the river here stretch for hundreds of yards, making it its way up towards the city. You can see the docks ahead, but as you approach, you can see the people. 
Most of them, the men, women that work here, wearing whites with wrappings around their head, kept moist with river water to keep themselves comfortable, wearing no shoes whatsoever as they walk oftentimes knee-deep in the mud and river. As they slice their way through the reeds here, bundle them up and put them upon their back. For the lifeblood of Tefu is papyrus. Mm, okay. As the ship approaches closer, you can see a number of different boats. A vast majority of these of the Osiriani design. Many of these merchant galleys making their way here to collect the precious cargo and take it back further to the north. To the wizards of Sothis or to the people of On taking it elsewhere or even taking it to Wati to provide for the burial records. More important than anything in the city of Tefu, oftentimes referred to as the city of the reed people, are their native grown plants. Beyond that, as it gets closer to the city, you can see the other primary crop of Tefu, the vast fields of date palms, which hang thick and low uh, as the summer begins to wear or begins to come in and fool. The buildings here are the same as they were in Wati, just much, much more numerous. Whitewashed walls, dark roofs, uh, flat-topped buildings that stretch out, sometimes stacked on top of one another to a height of some three or four stories. A large canal runs into the center portion of Tefu. And for those of you who have been to the city of Tefu before, you know that there are actually two canals that make their way in before joining uh, around what is referred to as the old city, the heart of the city where the temple of Nethys is, as well as the uh, Pharaoh's palace in Tefu. That, of course, is reserved for more important individuals than yourselves. And as such, your small boat makes its way towards the meager docks nearby. The noble lady with us doesn't get us a pass. Doesn't seem to. <laughs> she's not she's a noble not, here. She's not noble enough. <laughs> a dock stands at the end, replete with two banners which hang down from either one. Identical banners, both of them showing a green field with a white circle with a papyrus scroll. The flag and crest of Tefu. An older man sits at the dock. Uh, Amenetris pulls up the boat and, with silky smoothness, glides it in next to the others and just a faintly audible thump as it scrapes along the edge of the dock before he ties it off. He quickly pays the man that you can only assume is the dock master here, procures for all of you your bags, and offers a hand to help each of you off of the boat. Thank you, my friend. Of course. I hope you take care here. Tefu can be a dangerous place. Oh, don't that can't be so more obvious. dangerous than what we've been through. I wouldn't put that uh, out into the universe yet. I don't know. I lived here for a while. As did I. But the purpose that draws us back here is not a... Uh, Pleasant one? I was going to say easy, but that works. I don't know. I'm just assuming I don't really know what y'all are doing here. We haven't had a chance to talk, but you're very stoic-faced, I might say. It's been a very long couple of weeks. Mm. <laughs> uh, Fair enough. I'm going to points towards the city. If you follow this road down, it will take you to the... The Tower of Ra's Glory. If you turn north from there, that should take you in the direction of a, a local establishment known as the Inn of the Desert's Winds. Okay. He places a hand on Onuris's shoulder, glances you know, back over his shoulder towards Basra. Thank you, my friend. You're welcome. Yeah, he just kind of pats your shoulder, quickly rushes off to help her unload her like five bags. <laughs> Let's make for this inn. We should get rooms and food before we approach the temple. Uh, I feel like I also need to be filled in, but we should definitely not do that in the uh, this public space. So, yeah, we're uh, 
We're not supposed to be sharing it with everybody, which is why we didn't bring it up on the boat either. I mean, do we need to do this absolutely immediately? No, we should go out to the to the inn. I have a spell that can help us uh, make sure no one's listening, but... Oh, I was... I wanted to visit my parents. Oh, you got family here? Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, hopefully none of that Wati business happens here. That's kind of why I want to check on them. <laughs> well, if you like, uh, I could go and procure rooms for all of us. I could take your bags, and uh, once you'd checked with the library, and uh, I imagine they're closed for the evening, so maybe we could send a message to your parents and go and meet them this evening. I'd love to have a, a chance to chat with them. <laughs> Falto's meeting the family. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that plan sounds good to me. Uh, I have no objections. I'm a minimal. On yours, just like, I'm sure one of these camels here is for rent or something. What on earth do we need a camel for? Carry well, I've got bags. a bag and you guys all have bags, so... Or you can all check in, however, it's whatever you want to do. We need to fill Hollis in on what we're doing before we approach the temple. I mean, I imagine I can be quite helpful, I just need to know what's going on. Right, so we're going there first? We should go to an inn or somewhere private first so we can talk to Hollis. Right, so you can check in, in and then you can go see your parents, and that way, young Falto doesn't have to act like a footman or whatever. Easy enough. You all make your way forward, entering into Tefu, along the banks here as you make your way up, just along the docks. You're kind of immersed in, uh, for Sudi's case, in a, a world much different than what you're accustomed to. Honestly, and on Eurus's case, a little bit because you came in and. For Onurus and even Citra both, you don't necessarily spend a lot of time in this portion of Tefu, which is busy warehouses, fields full of drying racks where they're hanging out the various reeds that they've cut to dry out for use in the papyrus. Effectively, the, the moment that you step free of the, of the dock and onto actual dirt, you're bombarded from the moment that you begin to walk forward by merchant after merchant in various stalls and hawkers crying at you from every direction, offering everything from uh, savory minced lamb to limes, olives, mint tea, water to carpets, some of them claiming to be magic carpets, camel hide, leather goods, hookah pipes, pesh, pots and pans, uh, various camels, dancing girls and dancing boys, uh, so on and so forth as you make your way forward. Bowsers. This is kind of a constant barrage. You all push past this. You make your way deeper. And as you do, you pass from the outer area into a much thicker area. This, for those of you who had spent some time here, you would know as the Medina of Tefu. It's pretty much the place to go if you're looking to buy or sell anything. To the point where it is a, uh, a complex maze of shops that sell everything from Brass lamps to herbs to spices and linen and cotton fabrics, enormous clay pots, copper ware, weapon shops, armor shops, alchemist shops, various magic shops and scrolls, and honestly, uh, shops that sell scrolls seem to be beyond count here as you navigate your way through. The buildings here are some of the older in the city, and they're stacked so high that except for at noon, it's impossible for the sun to actually reach the street below through all the canopies and tents and stalls that are erected here, where none of you can actually walk to abreast. You're forced to just form a snake line trying to force your way through the crowds. Uh, I, Sudi, you have never seen this yeah, many people I in one place. Do not imagine Sudi is super comfortable right now. Like, this is like he's the farm boy who just went to New York City. Like, holy cow. I think your sister, like, grabs your hand at some point. <laughs> uh, this is a lot. Well, it's a bigger city. But if you need to buy anything, this is the place you want to be. 
Well, I don't know about anything. Well, just it, it, in within reason. Like mm. if you want something fancy or unique, maybe not. But oh. like everyday items, this is the place to go. But but how is everybody not getting their pockets picked? Oh, I'm sure there are plenty of people getting their pockets picked. This just seems like a haven for crime. I got a chicken in my bag, so they try to pick that, they get picked. <laughs> if they pick, they get picked. I like that. That's good wordplay. We're also more heavily armed than I think. Well, maybe not you, but most of us are more heavily armed than most people walking around the city, so I doubt they're going to mess with us. I'm sure your rope is safe, Sudi. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just thinking about it from, you know, our earlier discussions about my earlier years and, like, pickpockets and drug running, you know, it just kind of goes hand in hand. I'm sure there are gangs in this city just as there were back in Wati. Well, we know that the silver chain was here. Well, I do anyway. Mm. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it just doesn't sit right with me to have so many people around me feel like I'm being watched. We probably are, in some respect. Yes, the uh, the adventurers with their shiny shields and, you know, fancy headbands and all that stuff draw a lot of attention. It's so, true. Yeah, we look special. I will need the party to either make a survival or a knowledge local check. It's to avoid becoming lost if you get a bonus on that. Uh, I will attempt to aid another if anybody wants to roll survival. I will do local. Uh, I'm doing local. I can try survival. I don't right, have I'll any try. ranks, but I have a really good... I'll try to aid fire. you. How is this first? I don't have dice no. luck. I do aid you, though. I get a nat 20 for a 30 local. <laughs> wow, good job. You I get apparently know this 21 place. local, so... Yeah. On yours, gets an 18 on survival, as he and Sudi are like, we're going to die here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you will navigate tall. to the best of your ability. Hollis, you've been through here once or twice before. And once you find the occasional landmark where it's like, okay, I remember that jackal statue, or okay, I remember that lamp shop, uh, you can kind of navigate. It has to be the actual stores and not the mm-hmm. stalls, which change nightly. But if you find one of the actual corner businesses, you can go that shop. I remember that shop because that one's still there. Hopefully it hasn't changed because they kind of turn over every six months. But the group navigates to the best of your ability. You think you're most of the way through the Medina before, I'm going to guess Hollis uh, having the highest check is just kind of like, hey guys, I know where I'm going, takes the lead, begins leading the group through. Sure. People eye all of you suspiciously every once in a while. You quickly realize that in the most part it's Merchants shout at you and pretend to be your friend until it's obvious that you're walking past, and then they usually shout, you know, angrily behind you, especially if you happen to have glanced at their wares mm-hmm. while you're making your way by. People watching you suspiciously seems to be almost every single one of these shops has a guard uh-huh. that stands nearby and eyes everyone. Children are not uncommon here, and for the most part, everyone seems to start, the guards seem to watch them more warily than almost anyone else as they rush the streets, doing what they can to not be trampled. And the occasional noble rides through oftentimes on the back of a uh, dromedary. The popular ones seem to be the pure white, mm. oftentimes looking as opulent as possible and doing their best to try to ignore the people that the camel just shoves out of their way as they make their way through the crowds. Uh, you know, like you do when you're rich. Like you do. There's the occasional pagoda also. <laughs> Fancy. Uh, Hollis, you think you've nearly navigated the party out of here before a single figure steps out of the crowd and begins walking alongside you. With the shortcut black hair and the younger features, you can't tell if this is obviously human, but you honestly can't tell if it's a boy or girl. They glance up towards you curiously. New here. I suppose. Oh, I'm Neef. Hello, Neef. So where are you going? How much are you going to charge us if we tell you? <laughs> hmm. Copper per place. We know where we're going right now, young fella. Now, are you sure? There's yes. a lot of twists and streets here, and there are a lot of people a lot less kind than I am. I believe that that is true, but I do also believe that I know where I'm going. Hmm. Okay, that's fine. Your funeral. I also live here. 
Here? I don't know. Do I live in the old city? Uh, Tefu can basically be divided into three or four sections, really. The new city, which is where you are now. The old city, which is where you're... It's basically the very center area of the city. Uh, it's where all the temples and all the old the buildings of the ancients are. Uh, Wajet's Walk, which is where your parents live. That's basically the district that follows along where the canals are. And then the outer city, which is sometimes divided into the northern outer city and the southern outer city. You know what? Let's make this a little easier. For our fans at home, uh, I guess reference our website. Ah, uh, yes. Rick's pulling out a map. Because we can put the maps now. Ooh, it's a map. Wow, this is a much larger city. Holy cow. It's also much denser. Uh, yeah. So we're in, where were the bird be? Yes, you are in the new city, which is kind of the, the easternmost portion of Tefu. The old city is located in the center of, the, of Tefu, which is the only portion of the city that's actually surrounded by a wall and is set up on a, a hill. The canal runs along the uh, southern and northern portions of the old city and then down down the entire length of the western side of the old city. So that is that a man-made canal then? Yes. Yeah, interesting. Where is, is the Great Library, I guess, in the old city? The Great Library is in the old city. Wow, yeah, city is definitely out of his element here. But Neef just shrugs. Well, if you change your mind, I'm going to be down around here, so I'll keep an eye out for you. But I do know every back alley, street, turn, angle, history of the surrounding area could regale you with tells of all the people that came before and all the people that will probably come after you're gone. I know all the up-and-comers of the city and everything else in between, so uh, if you need anything, look for Neef. Hollis looks at you guys like, do we want to pay this kid? Sure. Sudi gives a very subtle nod, like shake of his head, like, no. (laughs) Rachel's like, it's one copper. He'll probably pick our pick pockets, but... No. Yeah, Sudi's so, so like, this kid's going to lead us down a back alley and get us robbed. Yeah, I mean, you can always make a sense motive check, but that's... Oh, I guess I have a consensus motive. You do have dice. That's I right. I forgot about the dice. We were oh, having a story 19. session. I rolled 20, poorly. 19. Um, I get a 22. I get an 11. Citra also gets a 22. Honduras rolls a perfect 20 and gets a 26. <laughs> wow, Sudi is out of his element. You... I would say everyone except for Sudi. You don't think that this kid is probably working as part of a gang or going to lead you down a side street or anything like that. You can tell that he is very much trying to make a sell here in the way that someone who obviously needs money does. Why he needs money, you don't know. Or she. All right, Neef. And I give him a silver piece. Tell me everything He takes that, quickly makes it disappear as he darts his eyes over his shoulders towards the surrounding children who don't seem to have noticed. Tell me everything you know about the city's current rumors and goings on while you take us to, what's the name of the inn? It was something Sands. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to assume you people are new here, so that's where everyone almost always goes. Well, that is where we are heading. They are great. Okay, well, what do you know? Do you, do you want to know the big things? Do you want to know the little things? I can tell you pretty much anything in between. What I have mean, you heard about It will about be an extra the... copper piece for every rumor past the first. <laughs> I just gave you a silver piece, Does son. this guy follow Avatar? Right. I mean, that's that's the initial investment, and then I'll provide you with additional information that as That entitles me to nine rumors, because one copper piece was your original price. Okay. It entitles you to nine common rumors or one really good one. What have you heard about the Church of Nethus? Anything interesting? Church of Nethus. Ah, okay, let's see. He begins leading the way, kind of gesturing for all of you to follow as he starts making his way through the city streets. No, not a whole lot. Uh, I understand that the Hatya recently met with some dignitaries. And what I understand, she's not particularly happy about it. Uh, They had a couple of new members uh, and some people that have come and uh, and gone from the surrounding city. 
they're basically as secretive as, as it gets, really, around here. Oh, there's something. The Church of Nethys is the big church in the city. You know, they're in charge of everything. However, the, the old gods and their followers aren't necessarily so happy about it. Mostly the Church of Toth. They're not really big on them. Uh, from what I understand, the, the Church of Toth, as well as the Church of Maud, aren't particularly happy. Uh, High Priest Ku, from what I gather, uh, seems to have some issues with the Hatya, and uh, they're monopolizing uh, all of the funds. Interesting. Oh, and there's, uh, there's uh, High Priest Nakutaret, who's of the, uh, the Temple of Toth. Also not very happy with the, uh, the Church of Nethys. Hmm. Dignitaries, you said. Yep. From where? <sighs> where were they from? Hmm. Near size. And gives him a silver piece. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 right, right. Uh, you mean Mamanofra? Do we know Mamanofra? Mamanofra. Uh, <laughs> I will let anyone that wishes to make me a knowledge nobility check to make one. Can I have? Sugar? I will grant a plus uh, two bonus to uh, Onuris. I will also allow Sudi and Citra to make me an intelligence roll. Oh. I'm going to, like, nudge Sugar and be like, Mamanofra. <laughs> So that she can make her. Uh, she just mutter at the bird, like, "Tell me things." She has bardic knowledge, and I don't have knowledge nobility. <laughs> oh yeah! By the way, her bar, her her chicken is smarter than Sudi already, and has bardic perform or bardic knowledge. It's Jessica rolling like crazy over there. I rolled another nineteen. <laughs> yeah. Good lord! I see a new direction for this character. <laughs> twenty-four for the chicken on knowledge nobility. <laughs> on yours gets a twenty-one on knowledge nobility without the help of on her it. Sudi's intelligence is an eleven for the roll. I also got an eleven. Okay, for Sudi and Citra, both of, for both of you, this sounds familiar, but you can't place it. On yours, you can place it because you'd heard this name before and remembered mentioning being in the city that you remember the first time that you took a boat ride with Amenetris. He'd informed you that Basra had returned back to Wati for funds and because she was going to be returning back because Momonofra was visiting the city oh, of Tefu. yeah. You know that Momonofra is Her Excellency Momonofra of, Soth- of Sothis, fan bearer on the right hand of the king. Oh, she's, she's Jafar. Okay. Um, oh, she's okay. A, I was going to say, is she literally like just a really fancy fan <laughs> waver? Like, what what do you know pertaining towards her is that she is a powerful courtier from Osirian's capital. Her rank is mostly ceremonial, but it carries significant prestige and influence, implying a close familiar relationship with the Ruby Prince Ketmet the Third. Momonofra also acts as the pharaoh's personal representative whenever she's on official business, and her presence here means that she would be treated as if the pharaoh himself were here. Mm. Okay, then. So, was she still here? Or she had just left? She's still here. That okay. apparently the, the Hacha, the high priestess of Nethys, is having to deal with having this mm. fan bearer at the right hand of the king here. Right. And the governor lady, whatever, the Hatya, she's not happy about Mamanofra? Was that what I got Yes, out? that she's not happy Mamanofra is here. But she's also the lead of the Nethys church, and everybody's mad at her too. Sugar, however. <laughs> oh, sugar. Mm. Let me try to... Yeah, do a sugar voice. Sugar voice... Well, I've heard of Mamanofra as well. <laughs> Mamanofra's family has been a part of the Sothis elite since the Kelishite interrogum, and her ancestors were close confidants and served as advisors, concubines, and even several of Osirian's Kelishite's sultans. Um. When Kemet I restored native Osirian rule, Mamanofra's grandfather was a high-ranking priest of Abadar and deftly maneuvered the family through the courtly intrigues to retain its position and influence in the new regime. Mamanofra's mother was a concubine in the harem of Kemet II, and Mamanofra grew up in the court of Kemet III, quickly making a name for herself as a virtuoso entertainer and diva. 
From what I remember, after witnessing one of Momonofra's performance, the Ruby Prince bestowed on her the title of Fanbearer on the right hand of the king, though some whisper did more so to keep a close eye on her and her schemes than as a mark of his favor. Ah. However, she came by the title, Momonofra is one of the most powerful nobles in Sothis, and this prestige extends even to the other cities in the Sphinx Basin, such as this. Momonofra is also an old family in Sothis. Uh, her family was around back when the Kalashite rule was happening. She grew up, her mama was a harem, harem lady? She was a harem lady? Concubine. Yes. Concubine? Concubine. In Kemet II's court, and then she was raised alongside the current ruby prince. So she has a bit of a, a dancing flair to her, I suppose, bardic flair, and uh, she likes to get up to schemes, but her family is very good at political intrigue on account of even after the Kalashites were kind of kicked out, they maintained their prestige. Hmm. So something, I guess, to be aware of. Probably not easy to do. So she's kind of important. She's quite important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you do know that... God, I should have looked up this term. There's a proper term for it. Uh, With your knowledge, nobility, and Sugar would technically know this as well, (laughs) there's a specific term for effectively what she is. It's actually... It's usually referred to as child of the nursery. Mm -hmm. There's an actual ancient Egyptian word for this, and I can't remember what it is. Uh, But it's nobles who have their children raised alongside of the future pharaoh who are oftentimes just given cushy positions in the regime once the new pharaoh comes into power because he grew up and was friends with these people. So they're, they're, they're kind of like their purpose is to be raised with the king yeah. to give them friends? It's the king's entourage. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, there's, they, they did that in like other... Yeah, they know. did that in various societies, but there's yeah. a specific word, but it translates to child of the nursery. I do imagine the Hatya is not pleased about having her here because the Tefu church does not enjoy interference from Sothis. Hmm. I wonder what gave them cause to send her here, or what gave her cause to come. Well, Tefu's... I mean, there was the whole thing in Wati. She was here before that, though, wasn't she? Yeah, you know that she was already in the city whenever um, yeah. the stuff in Wati mm-hmm. began happening. Mm-hmm. Unless she was sent south to oversee the, the lottery. Mm-hmm. But Unless, that was orchestrated by the Church of Phrasma. You mm-hmm. doubt she would have been involved. Unless the cult was making waves here and she was coming to figure out what was going on with that. And they're threatening Ooh, is there a cult? Said? There's always a cult, honey. Oh, he wants... Uh, he wants uh, <laughs> he, It'll be he's one looking silver. for something he can use to then pass on to somebody else. It'll well, be yeah, one I don't know why she's here, but no, she made a great entrance, though. Oh. Like, she came down in this golden barge, uh, pushed along by these, like, really tall buff eunuchs, and then, like, made her way into the river, and she has this big pagoda on there and has four lions chained to the edges of the pagoda that, like, are her guardians. Oh, those poor that cats. Sounds, yeah. sounds dramatic. That sounds like something out of a child story. Child story. Well, but it's true. I saw it. She was in. The, she went through the canal, and then she went all the way, and now she's staying at the uh, the Pharaoh's palace. She is quite dramatic, I would imagine, as someone who literally danced so well that she got a title. Huh. <laughs> Weird. I wouldn't put it past him. Okay. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Are we to the hotel yet? <laughs> the hotel. Uh, yeah. The <laughs> hotel. If you don't have any more questions for me. Yeah, the, uh, we're 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 heading our way to the uh, you know the uh, hotel California. I was, I was going to say the Ritz-Carlton. Yeah. Ritz we're in hotel, whatever. I was going to say the, the Ritz-Carlton here, because we're rich, you know. Stab it with your silver knives, <laughs> but you just can't kill the beast. What about adamantine? <laughs> Try for something else. Cold iron. This place so fancy, they got adamantine forks. I don't know that I have any other questions for him. I can't think yeah. of anything either. Okay. 
uh, he takes you past the Tower of Raw's Glory, uh, which is non-existent. <laughs> it's actually just like an open courtyard with a whole bunch of stands, sandstones because at one point there was a tower here but it seems to have all been deconstructed and taken down. That's sad. Um, now the entire area however is given over to a cluster of coffee houses. Um, <laughs> so, the original Starbucks. Yeah. So you just gotta walk in here and get a little caffeine buzz just from the smell as you make your way uh, through here and so, then begin navigating your way north. I say that sounds a lot like Vietnam because Vietnam they had coffee shops like literally every other shop. Food place, coffee shop, grocery store, coffee shop, merchant selling rugs, coffee shop. And they're all full. Mm-hmm. All of them. But eventually, he does lead you to the Inn of the Desert Winds. The building's not necessarily marked. It's just a large structure, a larger structure than the other ones, uh, standing at almost five stories in height. There are numerous balconies, five, lining the front on every single level. That you can see the balconies from here with their billowing curtains caught in the slight breeze that comes through the city streets here, particularly those that are higher up. A number of tables are set outside, uh, and people seem to be relaxing and joining an afternoon meal here as the tavern um, and eatery here seems to be very popular. Beyond that, the entire next building over has basically been given over to a large stable with what appears to be a second floor to that that provides for, you're going to guess, the the sleeping quarters for the uh, servants and a bridge that arches over the alley between those two buildings to allow the servants to come and go without actually being seen from the street. That's cool. Hmm. Neith stops in front, gives it a nod. This is the place. Are you going to need some further guides? I can sit down here. I think we'll be okay for now. Hmm. You have a good evening. Yeah, I'll do that. Thanks for the information. Neith smiles. They give you a kind of jaunty wave before darting off into the city streets. I suppose we should get a room and then I can cast a little spell that keeps our conversation from being overheard while we can grab something to eat. Okay. You make your way into the building. The clientele here is some of the weirdest that you've seen. Adventurers. And this is counting the fact that you were in Wati during the lottery. <laughs> oh my. Uh, with the exception of Hollis, who wasn't there for the lottery. You know, you kind of walk in, the Moss Eisley Cantina song starts up. Keep it under 20 seconds. I don't think we were rhythmic enough for that. No, you walk into this place and there are a lot of the native Osiriani people here, but there is a mix here of people that look to be, you're going to guess workers, dock workers, uh, caravan guards, drivers, as well as rich merchants, some people that are probably lower class nobles, a variety of different strangers and travelers wearing clothing that looks to be maybe Taldane, some cases Katapeshi, some cases it seems to be merchants from as far as field as Druma and Kadira, Priest of Rasmir in the corner. Oh, hell, the oh living gosh. god. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing a mask. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, the way our adventurers are probably. That oh looks, like a, looks vaguely like a funerary mask. You're dead. <laughs> All hail the living god. He's like, no, I was on the seventh step. Oh. oh dies. Uh, okay. No. A vast majority of these people are human. You can see a small table off towards the side that has a collection of three dwarves. Palmet, from what you can tell, who seem to be just involved in their own conversation. Off towards one side, there is a table that contains a quartet of gnolls uh, who <laughs> sit there and are barking and growling and what? their uh, high-pitched laughter barks back and forth. I speak gnoll! And, oh, yeah. and nobody's <laughs> freaking out, by they're, the way. They're complaining about, you know, the lack of proper slave trade in the city. Oh, Hollis makes a face. Yeah. People come and go. Uh, as you make your way forward, however, you are immediately hit with the the mouth-watering aroma of this place. This wonderful smell of 
roasted waterfowl and roast vegetables, grilled fish, baking bread, barley stew, sliced eggs, just this, all this aroma comes wafting out of the kitchen every time the door opens up and just drifts over all of you. We are certainly having a meal. I have a feeling this is going to be a lot better than the tooth and hookah. Yes. A man smiles uh, as you all make your way in, kind of taking the sight. He's on, or he's uh, standing behind a table off towards the far right-hand side, a, uh, a bar that's set there, and just gestures all of you over as you're on yours. You came here and basically went straight to the temple and offered your services there and then slept in a tiny cell. And Citra, you were staying with your parents, so you never really had an occasion to to come. And this is this is still in the this is in the nicer section of town. This is so close to the river. You actually crossed over uh, the canal to make your way to here. It's still close enough to the canal to be part of Wajit's walk. the The man gestures you over, smiling broadly. You can tell that he has three golden teeth. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome to the end of the desert winds. Are you travelers from afar? From Wati. Ah. One of the sisters, then. Welcome, cousins. How may I be of assistance? We'll need a couple of rooms. A couple of rooms. Oh, I see that there are five of you. And foul. <laughs> <laughs> Hollis is in her satchel. Uh, Hollis <laughs> is I in the satchel. Sorry, I, think, I, I think foul is, Sugar is in her satchel. singular and plural. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think so. it is. I yeah. think it is, yeah. So, there's still a bird. I mean, Onyris would like a room. Oh, rooms are good. One room each, or any of you sharing? Falto kind of glances over towards Citra, like, I'm assuming. We're sharing. It's okay. cheaper that How much way. are the rooms? Mm. Do you have a suite where we could have five rooms that are connected? Uh, I'm afraid we do not. The rooms are five gold a night. Holy cow. We have a... Uh, sorry, that's, that's for... You appear to have been wealthy. We have more economy rooms. However, those are still going to be at a, a rate of three gold per night. But there are two beds in those, so if you wanted to split them, you could. Hollis looks at Sudi and goes, we could cuddle. It's fine. Just get two rooms then? Three. Three. I thought there were two beds. Well, you and Falto. No, if we get the five room, it's cheaper. We just have to share a bed. Well, no, the five gold room has one bed. Uh, but yeah, with my key metabolism, I only sleep two hours a night, so... Doesn't yeah. someone have a ring of sustenance? On yours has a ring of sustenance. Yeah. You also only sleep like two hours a night or whatever. Technically, you and Sudi could share a bed and just Sudi sleeps for two hours and then gets up and then you'd sleep for two hours. Anyway, on yours, I can tell that face is uh, on yours wants a room to himself. He's like, oh, I'll <laughs> I was spend gonna the say, five I gold. can't see her face from here because her pop filter, but I'm just imagining it's like, mm, you know. Yours is like, we're going to be here, what, like 10 days, 50 gold? That seems fair. Yeah, Hollis has zero gold, so Hollis needs to sleep with someone. Hollis is broke. Yes. <laughs> if Poor if Hollis. it does help your decision, the man takes a little bit of a cooler tone as it's obvious that uh, he thought all of you were like the, the rich adventurers that have no care about money whatsoever. We're just uh, <laughs> The price of the room does include uh, breakfast as well. Onuris is going to take a five gold room, please. Sudi will uh, go for the three gold room, and I guess Hollis can stay there. because I'll like, stay with you. Yeah. Very well. Do you wish to uh, upgrade to the room with the silver bath? That's not necessary. Oh, very well. Does the silver bath, like, do anything different? Or is it just nicer? It's very nice. 
Sudi's just like kind of like kind of slowly shakes his head like rich people paying extra just because the bath is made of silver. silver. So if that's the case, then uh, Sudi and uh, Hollis can split three gold. Citra and Falto can split three gold. And then on your I'll pay you back once I do something. That <laughs> I'll pay you back money. once we have some loot. <laughs> yes, you may take it out of my loot. I will make note of that for the treasure. I'm assuming that you came for uh, extensive drinks what? or just the room. Oh, we're world famous, in fact. Our date wine is some of the best in the entirety of Osirian, and our pomegranate liqueur is widely known. I think I'd rather have lunch. I think that Hollis needs to go make some money, because Hollis doesn't have any money, (laughs) so Hollis can't eat. So Hollis needs to go make money somehow. I feel so, like, Sudi has that moment where, like, he kind of, like, glances down at his overflowing pouch of like 2,300 gold pieces he's got on him. Yeah, on yours has I, like I 3K. That, yeah, I imagine <laughs> in both of your cases that a lot of those are in gems. <laughs> well, regardless, like yeah. he's, he's he's sitting there like you realizing he's the rich one now and he's like, sees like you looking around like looking at your empty like money pouch and he's just like, uh, don't worry. We'll cover you until we can find some employment, gainful employment. You are so sweet. Yeah, he is. <laughs> So he's not used to being rich. He's like Ron Weasley right now. He's like Ron Weasley right now. Very well. Do you have a place for your servants to stay? Mm, we don't have any servants. <laughs> like, uh, Sudi tries servants. it. Sudi does like a really stoical face, but like inside he's just like, <laughs> He must be kidding me. Very well. Do you need to stable any of your animals? No. Haha, <laughs> we also don't have any of that. We only need a table where we can sit. In relative... Uh, oh, please. Select a table. Someone will come along fairly shortly. We have some grilled fish that's currently available, as well as some roast. Roast lamb, specifically. Uh, excellent. Uh, both of those. Uh, if you are of the less uh, meat-eating variety, we have some fine roast vegetables. Fish. <laughs> uh, says the cat. <laughs> Hollis would prefer that we sit at a table that's, like, a little tucked away somewhere. Is there not a table in one of the rooms? Like a corner? Like a corner. We'll have to get food at. But I want to cast my spell. My cloak of secrets. Well, you know what? Sometimes life just doesn't work I just out. Need to make we already said we were going to do that. <laughs> Is it something that people can see? It obscures your lip movements so that they match the fake conversation people hear you having. Oh, oh that's, that's kind of cool. cool. It is actually. very cool. That's I want to do a very cool, cool thing. It's <laughs> a cool spell. And that'd be kind of cool that if anybody is watching us... Yeah, but how much attention is her spell casting going to draw to us in the middle of the inn? Is it verbal somatic? Verbal somatic. Okay. Here's what I'll assume you do. You'll find a corner table. It's also duration. So there aren't people around you. Yeah, you kind of settle in. Citra makes uh, a a distraction. (laughs) I was going to say the the waitress comes by. She takes all of your orders. Beer. Yeah. It's uh, five silver pieces if you're wanting just generic fare. Uh, If you want drinks also, such as a... uh, if you just want yeast beer, it's an extra uh, silver piece. If you want wine, it's an extra three silver pieces. If you want a uh, glass of the pomegranate liqueur, uh, it is an additional five silver. Hollis okay. is happy with whatever's cheapest. Okay. Roast vegetables. Well, she wants to <laughs> sticky note. She doesn't have to drink. Yeah, I imagine the, the waitress kind of goes off. She comes back. She provides all the f- food. I imagine Hollis is just like, don't mind me. I'm a paranoid adventurer, so I'm going to detect if there's any poison. Ah, nice. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, nice. Yes. Uh, the waitress having four levels of expert has no spellcraft and cannot identify your spell. <laughs> all right. I cast Cloak of Secrets. 
This spell forms an invisible bubble that filters all speech coming from inside the affected area, which is a five-foot radius emanation centered on a point in space, which will be the middle of our table. Yeah, so you all kind of lean in to talk. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Creatures outside hear a completely different version of the conversation. The bubble also disguises lip movements to match the false conversation. And then there's DCs for people to tell if it's wrong. The bubble also obscures the verbal components of spells cast within the area, so it's impossible to identify fell spells by their verbal components alone. And anyone outside the bubble attempting a spellcraft check to identify a spell cast within the bubble takes a penalty. Furthermore, the bubble renders any language-dependent spells and effects used within the bubble ineffective against creatures outside the area. Cool. Fancy. That's a really fancy, I just don't want people overhearing my conversation spell. It's an illusion spell, so I had to use two spell slots. Oh, sad. Illusion. Fine. So Hollis finishes her spell and says, all right, nobody should be able to uh, to know what we are talking about now. Also kind of glances over towards Citra. Did you follow any of that? Follow any of what? I don't know. Magic. I mean, I follow some of it, but it's more advanced than what I can do. Oh. I'm just going to trust that it works. What exactly did Tetmanib tell you about us? He just told me that you folks would be able to help me and that we were all going to be traveling the same direction and that um, I believe the words were fate, well, maybe not fate, has brought you together. Tetmanib, Ma'at, you know. What exactly are you needing our help with? I am continuing to look for my friend Serethet. I know that she may or may not be involved in that business that uh, Merit Hetef was involved in, and I know that Merit Hetef came most recently before Wati uh, from Tefu. Do you know why she started following this cult nonsense? Um, no. Uh, I imagine it has something. She was always a little bit greedy, never quite happy with where she was. She'd been injured and had had to quit adventuring. And then picked up spellcasting and joined Nethis Church. But I feel like I feel like she just was never quite happy. So that led to her joining a cult? I don't I don't quite know. I didn't get to ask her. How did she get hurt? Uh, she had gone adventuring in some tombs and she, she fell. And I believe that broke her leg or hurt her leg somehow. She never quite recovered from it. Although she did manage to get herself out of that old tomb place and back to civilization to get healed. Do you know what tomb it was? The tomb of Akintepi. Well, I'm just wondering if that's where she came across the Sky Pharaoh somehow. Oh, that'd be interesting. I do not know which tomb. I just know she was working with grave robbers and that they betrayed her and therefore left her when she fell. Hmm. You ever heard the name Neptakufri before? Have I heard the name Kufri before? You can make a knowledge nobility. Sugar, have you heard Neptakufri? <laughs> that's the only knowledge I don't have. Thirteen? Mm, no, I can't say that I have, although the uh, the Kufris were a famous family here in Tefu. I certainly have not. Sugar has has not heard of Nepta Kufri, though said that Kufris were a famous family here, or a high-ranking one, I suppose. Just to clarify, she says this to her pouch, and a tiny chicken head pops out and goes, bark, 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 bark. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> if the chicken lives in the... How am I doing it? It's not there. Chicken lives in this here pouch. I swear to God, I'm like, I'm like channeling Colonel Sanders all of a sudden. Um, I say. So if if the chicken lives in a pouch, how is it learning about the famous families in Tefu? Oh, she is very, very intrigued by the nobility. But like, can the chicken read? Does it read the book or a scroll? Uh, she, she picks up from listening, mostly. 
I'm really confused about how this chicken is so smart. She's also 65 years old. It's magic, man. The wisdom of age. Yeah, you ever met a 65-year-old chicken? When old as me, you are. Look as good, you shall not. I don't know. The doctor chicken's also vegan. Yoda now, apparently. Yes. <laughs> 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 so, no, I do not know about Nepta Kufri. So, did Tetmanib say anything about how you're supposed to help us? Uh, it's, it sounds like, from what I've uh, inferred, based upon what where you guys want to go in the city, that my connection to Nephis might be of service. Uh, additionally, it appears that you guys were working on something in the uh, necropolis that resulted in the end of those dreadful pulses, the necromatic pulses. Uh, although the last one was healing. I imagine that had something to do with y'all. Uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I also reckon that you're short a member and that Tetmanib, in his wisdom, realized that perhaps you could use some high-level spellcasting as you move forward in whatever sacred duties you have uh, sworn to to do. Talking to Septi, Septi doesn't just talk to anybody. Not about important things. I do like her eyeliner, though. <laughs> the cult M- Merit Hepta joined follows the forgotten pharaoh. He's a... Basically, he was a pharaoh... Who did something really bad, and they... No, he didn't. Well, he might have done something bad. Why are you so insistent upon the fact that he didn't do anything wrong? Because they took it from his tomb and did the horrible thing after the fact. That doesn't mean he didn't do something in life that they were trying to prevent him from returning as an undead abomination. Regardless, let's not muddy the waters. I was going to say, because we could muddy this really So there is an old... Old pharaoh that nobody remembers. They literally struck him from the records... So, the Temple of Nethys, for whatever reason, and we're not entirely certain why, they tried to trap his soul, more or less, but in the process, they somehow split split it it into three pieces. So, Temple of Nethys under who? The Jared II. A pharaoh a long time ago. Um, All right. So, in doing so, they created a magical artifact that contains a part of it, and then two other pieces we haven't found yet. And they split his ba, his ka, and his ib. Oh, it yeah, you're seems, from Sota, so you would actually probably be aware of that concept. It seems to be inadvertent. How do you accidentally split someone's soul up? We don't know. Hmm. We haven't gotten the entire story. I thought... Little chicken head pops up. It sounds to me like they were messing with magic they don't understand. I agree, I agree. That's, that's, oh, sorry, um, Sugar says it sounds to her as though they were messing with magic they did not fully understand. Bark, bark, bark. Uh, possibly. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it was. Um, regardless, um, the car pulses were being created by this mask. We are now seeking a way to destroy it, and to do so, we have to reunite the pieces of the soul. The mask should be some sort of artifact. I imagine you could find someone to cast legend lore who could tell you the we, process by which to destroy did, it. We did, did, sort of. There's a oh. lot of magic protecting it from divinations, but Septi did that for us. And you have to find the, so you have to find the three pieces in order to destroy it. We have to reunite the three pieces in order to destroy the mask, and I suppose there may be other artifacts tied to the other pieces. We're not entirely sure. Well, if you're looking for artifacts, Nephthys does like to keep many of them secreted away in the in well, temples. What Nepta. we're really looking for is the location of his tomb, the tomb of this forgotten pharaoh 
which because it's lost to time, we don't know, but we do know who built and architected the tomb, so we're looking for where he's buried, so we can go ask him where it is. Or see if there's records in his tomb of what he built. Yeah, that too. All right. And your friend was following the cults of the Forgotten Pharaoh, which we think may be serving his... We think it was the Ba, right? Because the cause and the mask. Yes. Yeah, because it was the body. We think he may be... They may be serving his Ba... Is that the person part of him? Like the... The Ib is his body, the Ka is his soul, and the Ba is his personality, to break right, it down right. into simplified terms. I will remind the party, um, except for Hollis, who wasn't <laughs> there. Merit Hetef did seem to be, one, surprised at losing, but two, upset by the very, like, the she did not seem to intentionally activate her snake power. Explosion. Explosion mm-hmm. thing. Well, we reduced her to yeah. less than zero hit points, so it activated, right? They don't choose to do that. It just happens when they... They can choose to do that. But they can also choose to do it, but she seemed to be legitimately, like, upset as it activated. Mm. Cartouche, by the way, was the, uh, it's the Pharaoh's cartouche that's tattooed ah. on her. So we're probably going to have to hunt down this cult sooner or later to find the Ba. We're hoping if we find Chisisek's tomb, we can find the location of the Ib. Chisisek is the the architect. architect. Mm -hmm. So you're here to look at the library. Yes, and to get into records that they probably won't let us have access to. None of us are followers of Nethus. Okay, I'm starting to understand why I'm here. We have... The lead for Chisisek, but we don't have any idea where the forgotten pharaoh's cultists are based out of. All the ones in Wati exploded upon death. Mm. They seem to have... um, It's the forgotten pharaoh's cartouche. Yeah, some kind of tattoo that causes them to explode when we defeated them. That is one way to keep your cult a secret. Uh, It was very effective. So we have no idea where they're based out of, other than the fact that at some point some of them were in Tefu. Well, that lines up, because that's where Merit Hetef was, and if she was involved with them... And she seemed to be in charge of the ones in Wati. They were trying to find the mask. I'm assuming the Ba is wanting to reunite itself. I mean, that makes sense to me. Though for what purpose, we can't be certain. I'm sure it's not to go quietly into the afterlife. I'm sure it's for vengeance or some such. The Ka seemed quite interested in raising an army of undead to overtake the nation and reclaim the throne. I can assume the other two parts will have just as nefarious aims. That sounds like quite a uh, a pickle. Uh, so, sure. I guess we can see the library. They, they may or may not have the record of where this architect was buried somewhere easy to find, but if not, I'm sure we can politely insist. The real difficulty is going to be getting access to the library to search the records without letting the temple onto what we want. Hmm. If they find out we have this ancient artifact created by the Nethians. They're not just going to let us walk away oh, with yeah, it. Oh yeah, certainly don't. Don't. She detects magic on you real quick to see if she can see it? Nope. Okay. Other things glow, but not that. <laughs> okay, it, it appears to be warded so that it cannot be easily detected, which as is As long good. as someone is wearing it, yes. Okay. Yeah, I certainly would not tell them because they are great collectors of magical items, specifically those created by their own people, so that would make sense. Where did you find this thing? This mask? Nebta Kufri had it. It was uh, this man who had, I guess, found it, stolen it. Where did he, he get it He found it in the temple of Nethis in the necropolis. His, oh. remember, the head gave him the visions. Hmm. 
I imagine that if Nethis split him, Nethis hid all three pieces. I mean, that is just a guess. I would imagine that the Ib is still buried in his tomb and just, it's oh, been yeah. stricken from the record. But the Ba, I have... Hmm. We don't have any idea where that could be. Yeah, I unfortunately that, that. have an inkling that perhaps the secretive nature of this branch of Nethys's church is somehow tangled because if the Wati Nethys Temple had the mask, then the sister city Tefu Nethys Temple may very well have whatever other artifact there was. It's possible. There's also a third city, On, but if you think that the body is not physically removed from his burial place, then I do not think that On makes sense. Uh, we believe um, it might be in the desert somewhere. Anyone that wish may make me an old history. Okay. Oh, I do have that. 22. I got an 11, 4, and 18. On yours gets a 28. All three of you know that, and this may dissuade it, at the time that Wati was founded, which was like negative 16 something, Tefu was founded four years after the founding of Wati. Oh, okay. Uh, on was not founded for another 1500 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. It would have been nothing but an empty desert until uh, I think it was the Pharaoh of, uh, I don't know. It was, uh, it's the only Pharaoh that worshiped, openly worshiped Rovagug. Uh, so it's like the pharaoh of murder or something. Wait, wait, wait. So the <laughs> pharaoh who believed in in destruction and murder and chaos and all that stuff built the city? No, she built a giant uh, pyramid to herself. And then the workers that made like the little pyramid city that surrounded it, they just ended up staying there afterwards. Uh, and, you know, On has, I think, three pyramids surround On. And so it just kind of kept building up and building up because they kept building more pyramids around it, so uh, okay. created a permanent setting there. Interesting. Regardless, though, On did not uh, exist in any form until 1,500 years after the reign of Dejerdit II. Well, never mind then. So I think we should spend today just here at the end. Citra wants to spend time with her family and start at the temple fresh in the morning. Sure. That sounds good. So the five of you finish your meal. Dig in. Enjoy yourselves. I suspiciously around you the various people who are coming and going, the strange crowds here. Knowing that upon arriving in Tef, you've effectively, you've left the safety of Wati. And you've left having a, a government that at least supports you somewhat. A central temple that definitely supports you. And traveled instead to a city that none of you are, uh, some of you are somewhat familiar with. But none of you necessarily have called this home for some time now. And it's definitely not friendly. Carrying an artifact possibly created by the Church of Nethys, hunted for by the Church of Nethys, in a city whose primary temple is the Church of Nethys, whose leader is also the high priestess of the Church of Nethys. And now you have to go to the library run by the Church of Nethys (laughs) to research the object that you're trying to hide from the Church of Nethys. I believe that sums that up. Wowzers. And so I suppose then we will launch with that investigation next time. Goodness gracious. Citra's actually only been gone for like six weeks. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was going to say, I was like, be a long time. Yeah. It's been a long six weeks, guys. Yeah, like almost six weeks. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.